What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be talking about five players who are shooting down my rankings. So over the last two weeks after week one, and then after week two, I talked about some players who are rising in my rankings. And I feel like it's easier to talk about risers after a few weeks, because we can see usage, you know, and we can kind of make projections in the future. But I did wanna see like a full three game sample size to really determine if these players were really gonna be falling off. Cause you know, a guy can have a bad game here or there, Maybe they're a little banged up, so they're not getting their full usage in a certain week. But three weeks, we kind of know what's up here. We have a decent sample size. So these are going to be five players who are shooting down my rankings. So I'll kind of just generally talk about like where they started off, where they're probably sitting at now. If you guys are watching this and you do enjoy the video, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But let's jump into the first player, and it is going to be Austin Eckler. So through three weeks, we have Austin Eckler averaging 14.3 PPR points per game. And to be honest, I didn't even think that number was going to be that high. The 14.3 isn't terrible, especially when you take into account that he has scored zero touchdowns. So I could actually see people owning Austin Eckler, or maybe you're just looking at his fantasy production and you're like, okay, he's been disappointing, but he hasn't scored the touchdowns. Maybe he's in the same boat as a guy like Leonard Fournette, a Joe Mixon, so it may not seem that bad. I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but it is very concerning. Also, that 14.3 number has been heavily carried by receiving work. We know he's a really strong pass catcher, but I do think the numbers he's putting up as a pass catcher are pretty unsustainable. And the main concern here is just going to be his overall usage this season. It is definitely not the same you know, usage he had last year. Through three games, these are his snap shares. 49.2%. 62.7% and then 56.9%. These are not workhorse snap shares. If you look back at last season, Austin Eckler played in 16 games. So his highest percentage so far this year was 62.7. Only four times last year in those 16 games, did he have under a 62.7% snap share. So very, very concerning. And another like big area where Eckler is struggling is in the red zone and on the goal line. So we've seen a lot this year. We see Sony Michelle coming in, taking early down work. And to be honest, like if he's taking a few early down carries, I don't really care. Give Eckler some rest. The concerning part fantasy-wise is the goal line opportunities because last year, Eckler really thrived on touchdowns. I believe he scored 20 touchdowns. If it wasn't 20, it was way up there. So he had elite touchdown production. And this was something I was concerned about heading into the season if he did give up that goal line role. And so far, Eckler has not had the goal line opportunities. In 2021, you look back, Eckler was actually second amongst all running backs in red zone touches. He had 63 red zone touches, and then he had 10 goal line carries. Currently, Eckler is 32nd among running backs in red zone touches with only four through three weeks, and then he has zero goal line carries. So he is not getting that work. And that's what I referenced earlier about, you know, guys like Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, those are players I'm viewing as by lows because they haven't scored touchdowns. By the time I'm recording this, Joe Mixon has scored in that Bengals game. But, you know, through three weeks, we have people panicking on those guys. But the difference is they're getting the workload, you know, on the goal line. They're getting the goal line carries. It just hasn't converted yet. Eckler's not scoring, but he's not scoring because he's not getting the opportunities. It's not like he's just getting unlucky. The opportunities are just not there for him to score on the goal line. So obviously he's going to score some touchdowns here and there. He's going to break a run. He's going to have a solid reception. He's going to catch a third and goal touchdown. But, you know, it's definitely cutting off the ways that he can produce for fantasy. And another pretty concerning stat that I saw is that this should be good, right? So in terms of a light front carry rate, 
Eckler has the third most light front carry rate in the NFL. So that's what you want. You don't want a ton of defenders in the box. Eckler is seeing a light front on 93.8% of his rush attempts. So that's good. It makes sense. You know, you have to respect Herbert. You have to respect Keenan Allen. You have to respect Mike Williams. So 93.8% of Eckler's carries are in a light carry front or light front. Um, But he is only averaging 2.1 yards per carry on those light fronts. So he's not even converting on, you know, opportunities that should be good for him. I think moving forward, Eckler is a fringe top 10 option. He's kind of been helped out that these other running backs around him have disappointed. So, you know, guys who, if they had touchdowns, Mixon, Fournette, I'm putting Mixon and Fournette ahead of him. But in terms of like the general public, I feel like people think they're in the same range. You know, Alvin Kamara is disappointed so far. Dalvin Cook hasn't been great. These are players where if they were putting up, you know, expected production, they would be easily ahead of Austin Eckler at this point. So it's concerning. If you do have Austin Eckler on your team, he's probably someone you can hold unless you're getting like a locked in top 10 guy, you know, for him, because he's in this weird spot where it's like people are kind of scared off by him. So they're probably not going to give you full value. And then if you did draft him in the first round, probably early first round, like if you're selling him for then like a late second round value, your team is just kind of like taking an L there. So you'd probably rather just hold on to him if he does have that value and then hope his role progresses throughout the season or, you know, try to wait until he has a game where he gets into the end zone once or two times and then sell high if you do want to move off of him. So those are my thoughts on Austin Eckler. The next player here is going to be another running back and it is Travis Etienne. And this is an L that I'm going to have to eat. For Eckler, I barely have any shares of him. He's someone I was not super invested in on this year. On the other side with Travis Etienne, I definitely have him on a few of my teams. I was very high on him. I was willing to take him late third round. That is definitely looking pretty foolish at this point in the season. But heading into the year, we're looking at this dude who is a first round pick. He's clearly very talented. He's going to be paired up with his college quarterback. And the competition he was going to be dealing with was James Robinson coming off of an Achilles tear. Now, you know, we can play revisionist history and act like everyone knew James Robinson was going to come in and be this stud. You could have thought that. That could have been your call. Good on you. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it may not even have been that great of like a take because we have never seen a running back come back from an Achilles, especially like so quickly and be super effective. So James Robinson is a unicorn at this point. So I don't really hate the uh, process I had. Like, I feel like the process was right. The result didn't exactly work out. But for ETN, he has got a fall here with that James Robinson breakout. He hasn't cracked a 50% snap share in the first three games. He's been close, but, you know, J-Rob is still getting a lot of those opportunities. He also hasn't finished as a top 24 running back. And, you know, I could make the argument. I could sit here and say, no, 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 he's a long play. You know, he's a guy who's going to break out second half like Brees Hall. But that wouldn't be genuine because I truly thought ETN would come in with James Robinson not fully recovered, and he would just claim that role. That's not what's happening here. J-Rob is locked in as the number one. And then the redeeming option for ETN would be like, okay, the Jaguars offense probably isn't going to be great. ETN gets the third down work. He's going to have a ton of pass catching opportunities. They're going to be down. They're not going to be able to run. And then all of a sudden, the Jaguars offense is actually very good. And they actually have the second highest positive game script in the NFL. So normally that's really good for running backs. But that is good for the early down back, James Robinson, because if they're up early, they're just going to be running it out. Whereas if they were down, ETN would be getting the receiving work because they'd be in on a ton of passing downs, obvious passing situations, and James Robinson would be on the bench. So really everything has gone wrong here for ETN. 
he's still not someone that I'm just going to throw away. You know, he's not someone I'm going to sell for nothing because I think he's a very valuable handcuff in the sense where if James Robinson does get injured, he goes down. ETN probably has a higher weekly ceiling than James Robinson. Like if James Robinson is not in the picture, I think ETN is a higher like weekly play than James Robinson is right now, just based on his receiving upside. And then there wouldn't really be a guy nipping at uh, ETN's heels if Robinson was out. So I'd be holding on to ETN, but he's definitely someone who's not startable currently. Now we're going to shift over to some wide receivers and probably started off with the guy that most people thought was going to be on this list. And that is DJ Moore. He was someone who was drafted as a high-end wide receiver too. A lot of people like DJ Moore because he has very consistent production, but they thought Baker Mayfield coming in would unlock something. He could potentially break into the top 12 wide receivers. Well, so far through three weeks, he is the wide receiver 69 in points per game, averaging 7.9 points per game. And the Panthers offense is just horrific. So these are how they rank in a few different passing stats. They are averaging the third fewest pass attempts per game in the NFL, they're averaging the second fewest passing yards per game in the NFL, and they only have three passing touchdowns through three weeks. On the bright side, this can't get any worse for DJ Moore, but I mean, if it would get worse, he would be, you know, a bottom or outside the top 70 wide receivers. So, you know, yeah, it can't get worse, but it's going to have to get a lot better for DJ Moore to be fantasy relevant. At this point, I think it's tough to view DJ Moore as anything more than a back-end wide receiver three. Now, if you were going to come to me and say like, okay, I'm trying to trade DJ Moore, a league mate offered me someone like Greg Dortch, right? This week, I would start Greg Dortch over DJ Moore. However, you just got to look at like the long-term picture here. I'm not trading DJ Moore for like a fringe top 36 guy because DJ Moore has way more upside if this offense gets it together than going out getting a guy like Greg Dortch or like an Alan Lazard, or someone like this, right? We know he's very talented. If this offense just becomes bad, right? Like if they're just a bad offense and not horrifically bad, DJ Moore's producing at a mid-tier wide receiver three level. So unless you're getting like a mid-tier wide receiver three in return for DJ Moore, or you're able to package him to get a solid upgrade, he's someone I think you just got to take the L on at this point and sit on your roster because, you know, his long-term upside is much higher than these other random dudes you're going to be getting in return, even though it definitely sucks to have him just sitting there, you know, looking at you every week because you drafted him in the third or fourth round. Another wide receiver who is wildly disappointed is Darnell Mooney. And coming into the year, he was drafted as a high-end wide receiver three. I feel like we've been flip-flopping on people I've been in on and out on. I was pretty out on Austin Eckler. I was pretty out on DJ Moore. I was in on ETN and I was in on Darnell Mooney. So batting like 500 here so far. So he went from a high-end wide receiver three to basically someone who is clearly droppable in normal-sized leagues. Like if you're in a 10, 12-team league, I can't really see a situation where you're keeping him on your roster unless you have like a super deep bench. But like he's done nothing. This Bears offense, I went through all those numbers with the Panthers. The Bears offense are significantly worse. They're averaging under 100 passing yards per game. That is unbelievably difficult to do. They're only averaging 15 pass attempts per game. And just to keep in mind, like that's lowest in the NFL, but it's not lowest by a few attempts. It's lowest by 11.3 pass attempts. That is just how anemic this Bears passing attack is. It's basically impossible to play anyone on this offense except for the running backs. And it's kind of this weird spot here because obviously Mooney's been a terrible pick. He's been brutal. But the idea of drafting Darnell Mooney 
I guess it's obviously a miss, but what I'm trying to get at here is it's not like Mooney's been bad. I feel like I'm not explaining this well. He's been bad, but when you're looking at how he's performed within the offense, he's commanding targets. He has a 25% target share. If you told me coming into the season, Mooney would have a 25% target share on this Bears offense, I would have still been in on him. The problem is no one predicted this Bears offense to average under 100 passing yards per game and only throw it 15 times. So he has a 25% target share, which is super solid, but it's on 11 total targets. So that's the problem here with Mooney. I'm not going to totally give up on him you know, for this season. It's possible the Bears offense turns it around in the second half. But at this point, like he's not someone I'm sitting on my roster holding out hope that he starts to improve because we're going to need to see a massive shift in this Bears passing attack before we you know, get a guy like Mooney fantasy relevant because they've been in games where they've been down. I guess one game against the Packers, right? They were down by a significant amount and they're still barely throwing the ball. So that's what I'm you know, looking at with Mooney right now. And then the fifth and final player is going to be another wide receiver and it is Allen Robinson. He was someone whose ADP kind of varied. I think on underdog, he was like a mid-tier wide receiver too. Other platforms, he was going as like a fringe wide receiver too, you know, wide receiver 23, 24, 25, 26, somewhere in that range. And this is actually a uh, kind of crazy comparison here to Darnell Mooney. Allen Robinson has one more target than Darnell Mooney, but the Rams are throwing it 19 more times per game. So that really just shows how like not involved in this offense Allen Robinson has been. And it's not a situation where he's not getting opportunities. He's running 31 rounds a game. He has a 92.7% snap share. He has a 91.2% route participation. He's just out there getting his cardio in. Amongst all wide receivers, he's 93rd in target rate. He's 78th in target share. Like, I don't really know what else to say besides it seems like Allen Robinson is just cooked. Like, he did nothing last year, but I know, like, on reception perception, his you know, overall rankings were pretty solid. So like his route still looked good. So you could kind of craft a narrative that he still had it. For me, even if his routes looked good, it's a situation where if you're producing at such a low level, it's tough for me to, you know, draft you over some of these other young studs. So like, obviously I missed on some dudes, like I had Elijah Moore over him, but I had other younger options that I thought had higher ceilings. So, so far it's paid off passing on Allen Robinson. And, you know, some people may think he still has some juice. It's tough for me to see that just based on his production last season, how he started off this year. He's in a good offense, right? Like there's no excuses there. And he's been out-targeted by Tyler Higby. He's been out-targeted by Ben Skoranek. Just not great news here. So I think he's really unstartable at this point. I've seen some people, you know, drop in comments like, do I drop Allen Robinson for X player? And most of the time I am willing to drop him. I would say if you're in like a 12 team league and it's pretty competitive, meaning like everyone's on waivers, your waiver wire is kind of ugly. He's not someone I'm like going out of my way to drop. But if you have like a, you know, young stud on the waiver wire, someone who's breaking out a really strong handcuff, I'm not attached to keeping Allen Robinson on my roster. It's just like, I guess he could improve a little bit, but I feel like we're kind of just seeing the downfall of Allen Robinson which is pretty sad because his entire career, he's, you know, played with garbage quarterbacks. I watched him on the Bears for years, you know, with Mitch. Um, Last year was brutal. And then he finally gets a competent quarterback, and it just seems like he's not at the level he was, you know, the last few years. So it's tough. But uh, those are the five players who are falling in my ranks. Let me know what you guys think down below. Do you feel like I have the right read on them moving forward? Am I overreacting? You know, you guys think these guys are going to bounce back? 
let me know. Uh, also, if you have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. It doesn't have to be on these players. It could be uh, start sits, trade advice, whatever you guys want to ask, drop those down below. Thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.